Good morning. It is a blessing to be here. I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> but I am. Yeah. So if I talk too fast, you know, that's what the problem is. But uh, I was really blessed when they asked me to speak. I'm very nervous because it's the first one. I feel like, oh, we got to start the, you know, first one off right. It's important. You know, it kind of sets the tone. So the pressure was a little bit on for me. Not that y'all did that, but I picked that up myself. But um, it is just a blessing to be here with y'all, to hear about the pregnancies, to hear about, to watch y'all, even though I almost killed a couple kids coming into the parking lot today. Um, I do love children, <laughs> especially girls, children, especially go girl. But, um, but it is just a blessing to see y'all in this season because this is a very challenging season. I don't have hope for you. Each season's challenging. So enjoy this one. It does not get better. It does. I'm lying. Um, it does get better. I have my youngest is 10. My oldest is actually 30. It is weird being a grandmother and a mother of a 10-year-old at the same time. I don't, you know, I remember my mom being a grandmother and just really helping me. I was really blessed with two my mother-in-law and my mother really helping me with the children when they were little. And a lot of moms do not have that. So, and even my own daughter does not have that because she lives up in Massachusetts. But we're praying for her to be down here. But so she doesn't have any help whatsoever. So I do know the struggles of not having the help. And I was blessed to have the help that I did have. But now that they're ten, the youngest is 10 and the oldest that's still at home is about to be 19, we are having a blast. You know, um, we laugh at the dinner table. It's a party every night because you just have 8 to 10 people at the table every night. And they're inviting their friends over, which is awesome because that's what I've already, always prayed for, that as they grow up, our house would be the house where their, their friends would hang out and we could pour into them and mentor them. And just laugh with them, you know. And so God is blessing us, and that is actually happening. It hasn't happened the whole six years we're over there this year. It just started happening this year. So I might be, like, so tired. I'm saying, what did I pray for? I don't know. <laughs> but it is happening, and it is fun. So hang in there. It does get better. Um, they are so much fun. And I know now you have a hard night, and then you see a smile. Or you see a cute little moment with the kids, and you're like, okay, this is worth it. And then the next couple of days, they might be throwing up or something else. And it's hard again, you know. And so hang in there. It is a great thing. And God will bless you as you're walking this out. And one of the most exciting parts about me being here is that I feel like our culture doesn't praise you enough for what you're doing. In fact, we get the opposite of how many kids do you have? Why are you doing that? Um, what is your job? Like, where are your significance is coming from? You know, don't you do anything? I heard one of my daughter's friends ask her the other day, what does your mother do? I'm, I'm like, what is she going to say? Well, she actually said, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, I've been doing this for 20 years. What do you mean you have no idea? I'll tell you what I do. I'll stop doing it. That's what I'll do. So I've had a neck injury, and I haven't been able to do anything at home. And even though I'm walking around, they're thinking, you're just being lazy, mother. What are you, what are you about? I'm like, I can't unload the dishwasher. You know? And they're like, 
you're standing in the kitchen. We don't understand why. We did the dishes yesterday. You know, like, you'll do the dishes every day. Just do the dishes, you know. But they're just funny. But um, they do know what I do, and they do feel it. But at the same time, they're like, well, she doesn't do anything outside of the home. So I'm not real sure. You know, oh, she talks to people. <laughs> she just talks. That's what she does. She's a talker. Um, this, I love the theme, find your fire. And I love the scripture verse that goes with it. Never let the fire go out. When you hope, be joyful. When you suffer, be patient. When you pray, be faithful. Share with God's people who are in need and welcome others into your homes. That's a great scripture verse and a great theme for the year. Um, The first thing I thought of when I read that, though, is finding our fire. We could look in the wrong place for our fire. And so that is what I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you today is that we look for our fire in the right place, not just we all have a tendency to look for our fire outside. You know, what do I need to do to make my life better or to make this easier? What what do I need to do? But we need the fire that the Lord has for us, and we want to make sure that we're looking for the right fire in the right place. But where is the fire? Did I lose the fire? Did I have the fire at one time? Or is the fire playing hide-and-go-seek for me? I remember uh, when my kids were little bitty, and even when we babysit, I taught our kids to say peep when they were hiding so that I could find them easier. So uh, even my adult children, don't tell them, they think that's really how you play the game. So when they hide, they all peep. I'm like, this is only so I can find you. So like they're in the closet. I'm like, say peep so I can come find you. And I thought, well, does the Holy Spirit do that? He certainly does not do that. Our fire really isn't hiding from us. um, And we don't lose the fire. But a mistake here in finding our fire could really set us on a path in the wrong direction. So if I am looking outside for my fire and my worth and how to do this mother-wife thing, and I'm looking outside, I'm going to grab the wrong fire. It might not be a bad fire. You know, um, what are the things that would be outside of us? Would be maybe anything we would get significance in. It could be anything. It could be, well, maybe my kids aren't behaving correctly, so I need to discipline more. Maybe my curriculum, if I'm homeschooling, is not right, so maybe I need to change that. Maybe the school they're going to isn't right. Oh, well, maybe my marriage isn't right, and if I communicate here. Or maybe, you know, there's so many things we can grab. Maybe I need more me time and I need to go to the gym. Maybe, you know, we can grab anything. Our heart will grab anything that we think we need to change. But that's looking outside. So today I want to explore how to look for the right fire so that we are doing the right thing. And there are also many things that snuff out or hide in that hide-and-seek game, what hides our fire. So there's many things that snuff that out. Um, There's a great book I wanted to bring up, and on your tables I actually made a copy of a chapter. I I love handing things out. I don't really want to overwhelm anyone because I know it's hard in your season to always get things and read things. But this book, Lies Women Believe by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamoth, Muth. Is that a terrible last name or what? We'll just call her Nancy DeMoss and you'll know who I'm talking about. I mean, I can't even say that. Anyway, 
Um, this book is an awesome book. It has 45 lies. She, <laughs> she starts the book. I ordered the book. I'm thinking, 10 lies, 10 lies we believe. Anybody can conquer these 10 lies. And then she says, oh, there's 45 lies. And this book isn't comprehensive. There's many more. I'm like, oh, great. Where's all? We're, we're all living in lies, you know. But two lies I wanted to, um, I felt really pertained to what we do as moms, as wives, and within our time right now. Again, this is only two of the 45. And as I've read the first 19, actually, I think I'm on 24. Either way, I've been affected by all 24. I don't stand here because I've conquered mothering or conquered wifing or conquered preschoolers. <laughs> um, I'm in the thicket with you and in the drenches with you, and the Lord is changing us and empowering us as we go down the road. So I'm right with you in the fight. You know, my kids are older, but these lies are just as strong. The devil doesn't need new tricks. He has enough, and he's very successful in his lies, so he doesn't really need to um, get new ones. He just kind of changes it for us. But the first lie that I felt like um, we would, as little moms, have a problem with would be not having enough time to do everything that I'm supposed to do. Many of us work in or outside the home, um, homeschooling kids and just all the other things driving people from different locations. And these, these things Although they may be very good things, we always want to take all things to the Lord to say, what, what should I do? And so I wanted to, um, within the book, we have different, I marked my little pages. This um, Last time I dropped my notes, they all got out of order. Y'all said it was good, but I was like, I'm not so sure because I just fumble everything. But, so this lie, I don't have time to do everything. I just want to read this little part of the book to you. It's on page 14 in there. I am so bit, well, it says, um, this belief is something I battle perpetually. And by a long shot, this was the number one lie of the women we certified, that we surveyed identified with. I wasn't surprised after all, if you ask a woman, how are you doing? Chances are the response will be a sigh or a groan. And it will be followed by, I'm so busy. We've got so much going on in our family. I just can't keep up with everything I've got to do. I'm exhausted. I think I said all these yesterday, right? <laughs> we often feel overwhelmed by how much we have to do and how little time we have to do it. As a result, many of us live breathless, frazzled, discouraged lives. Social media fuels this lie. After scrolling through your Facebook feed, this cracks me up, you will feel you need to foster children, remodel your kitchen, do crafts daily with your children, cook up a storm, eat all organic produce, vacation regularly, parent differently, make sure your kids are involved in every possible event so that they don't miss out on their life's calling. I really started laughing at that one because I complained a lot that I didn't have enough money to pay for our kids' extracurricular activities. You know, when you have six kids, piano times six is a house note. <laughs> so, so you really can't, you know, oh, your kids need to have piano to learn music and be all that they can be, you know. And then sports, that all costs money. So when you have six or five or even three it's very hard. So, and you do feel the pressure from the culture. Why can't, 
they're homeschooled. They need something. Can it be their PE? Well, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. But my kids didn't need those things. I wanted them to have those things. And so, but I can remember telling Jeff, two of the six, I felt like had some music potential. The rest of us, we weren't in that line. And in heaven of the music gift, we were on the other side. We can't even clap correctly. And so, um, so, but two of them showed promise. And I was like, they just need music lessons. I mean, all homeschool kids have music lessons, you know? And he's like, they can't have music lessons. If God is going to gift them in music, he's going to make a way for that gift. Stop worrying about music lessons. It's not, we can't do it today, you know? And he was right. But that's what I would see when I'm going to co-op and all these kids are going to music after. I'm going home with, they're not in music. They're not here. They're not there. You know, and so those are struggles we want to fight against because God does have us doing what he wants us to do. And some of those things are are the false fires. We think they'll make our, our life better, and they don't necessarily make our life better. But it brings on the weariness. It brings on the things that snuff out our fire. We get weary, we start comparing, then we're discontent. Um, these are the things that snuff out our fire. Sometimes we can get depressed. We can sometimes um, pressure our husbands because we think they should make more so that they could, we could have these things, you know. Um, we all know, I think if I interviewed all of y'all, you would know that the people's pictures on face on Instagram or Snapchat, and I've seen some of y'all's pictures this week. I know you were at the beach. Did you have a good time? <laughs> um, we all, and those are great. To keep, keep up with people is great. I'm not saying unplug it. What I'm saying is don't look at it too much and don't think their life is that perfect picture. Casey doesn't live at the beach. That's right. That's right. But she got to see her brother, right? Awesome. Now, I just want you to know that I go on Facebook and Instagram like once a month, and that was, I just happened to go on, what, two days ago, so I got to see that. But I get to see all the cute little family pictures, and I get to see a lot of y'all's daughters and sons growing up, and all the cute family pictures, and you know you, and some of us will look at that and go, oh, their family is so perfect. Why can't my family look perfect like that, you know? I remember my kids being disheveled messy. You know, I don't think, thank the Lord I didn't have social media when we were (laughs) Guys, that would be just too much for me to handle. But that is just that picture in that one second. That picture did come out great. That makes the family look great. That vacation was fun. These are great things. The people putting that stuff on there aren't making the mistake. It's our minds when we think that's what my life should look like. I should be able to do that. They're always having fun. That's not the truth. That's a snapshot of one second. Their struggles are your struggles. They just happen to take a good picture. Like, (laughs) I don't take good pictures. I'm like, oh, what? What happened here? So it's about our mind and our heart. It's not about what we do, if that makes sense. So we want to make sure that we don't let those things creep up and snuff out our fire that we keep that in perspective and we don't compare 
Every comparison is sin when we're comparing. Whether we're comparing she's holier, I want to be more like that, or whether we're comparing they have more, they get to do more, it doesn't matter. All comparison is sin. We need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want for me? And give me contentment in where you have me. He might want us to do things different in our home. He's going to convict us of that. Some of us can tighten some things up or change some things. But overall, we don't want to be looking outside. We want to be looking to the Lord and get our joy from him and understand that what we're doing is what he's called us to do. And there's so much joy in that. So um, went off my notes as usual. So, um, so the truth is we really do have all the time God wants us to have to do exactly what he's called us to do. There's 24 hours in a day. Everybody has always had 24 hours in a day. <laughs> Our days really aren't shorter, but we've packed it in. There's a part in the book where it says the average woman has 50 tools to help her be more efficient at home, from the toaster to the microwave to washer and dryer to, you know, your hair dryer, just all the things that other moms did not do. They still took care of their families, and they had bigger families. Some of us, you know, I was talking to... Um, a little girl uh, is actually a senior citizen at Anna Chatelaine's husband's funeral. And she said, in our house, we had two bedrooms. Now, just picture this. She had two bedrooms, and her aunt's husband passed away. So the aunt and their three children moved in to their two-bedroom house with their already five-person family. So seven people lived in a two-bedroom house with one bathroom. And then the aunt came to live there because <laughs> her husband passed away. I'm like, what? where did people actually sleep? They'd converted the little bitty dining room into a bedroom. They had a little bitty living room. And I'm thinking, really? We don't even think about that today. But that's how people lived. We see what today looks like. And we say, what, what do I need today? That is not what God says. People have done so much more with so much less. And we could probably benefit, I can benefit, for reminding myself of that. I drove home thinking, forgive me for thinking I need more space. (laughs) I'm like, oh, those two girls can't clean a room. I mean, can't share a room. They fight too much, and our whole house is just miserable. So we need an extra bedroom for these two girls. (laughs) Shove everybody else in a room. Just separate these two, you know? (laughs) So, but anyway, so we need, um, we have all the time. God has given us all the time to do all the things that he's called us to do. Doesn't mean we have to quit things or I'm saying that anything's right or anything's wrong. A lot of us are called to do many things. But what I'm saying is God has given you the grace to do what he's called you to do. So look at your list of things that you do and go before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to take off? What do you want me to put down? What have I escalated higher than you want it to be? Go to your husband and say, these are the things I do all week. What do you think I should put down? What do you not care about? You know, um, what, what does this look like? You know, and work, we have to work toward that. So where is the fire? Where do we go to find the fire? We know where not to go to find the fire. We don't go outside of ourselves. So where is the fire? Well, the fire is the Holy Spirit, and the fire is in us. So we know that from Scripture. I'm going to share some Scriptures with you on that. But the Holy Spirit, if, if you have trusted in the Lord as your Savior 
and prayed to receive Christ, you were given the Holy Spirit on that day. And he is alive and well in your heart. And he's the fire. And we fan that flame of that fire, but he's already in us. Each one of us has the fire. So that's why we want to find our fire inside. And all of these things help us find our fire. Being joyful, being patient, being faithful, um, helping, being hospitable as we follow the Lord. But we can't do those things if we don't know that we have the fire. <laughs> and if the fire isn't giving us the energy to do those things and giving us the desire and the zeal to do those things, if we just try to put that on, if you read this, and say, I'm going to be joyful, and you're just going to get up and put on joy like you're putting on a shirt, you're going to end the day not very joyful. If you try to be hospitable, oh, I'm supposed to be hospitable, but I have all these little kids. Okay, I'm going to try not to care what the house looks like. Good luck with that one. It's, I've been trying it for 20 years, and we are a lot better. <laughs> but I can't say my kids aren't like, I wish people wouldn't come over. You always freak out, you know. <laughs> I'm trying not to freak out. So I'm um, like, oh, Jeff, could you go clean the garage? We're having guests over. He's like, I'm not sure they're going to look in the garage. Can we close the garage door? I'm like, yeah, okay. They don't really play in the garage. That's fine. How about the bathroom? Can we clean the bathroom? Then? But um, if we put this on, some of us are living our lives in the busy without knowing that the Holy Spirit's inside of us. And you know what? I think you know the Holy Spirit's inside of you. I don't think I just taught you something new. But I think in our busyness, we live as if he's not. We try to wake up and put on a better attitude or put on better parenting or put on better methods. And we're doing it without the Holy Spirit as if we're a hairdryer not plugged in and we can't dry our hair. If I plug it in and turn it on, I can dry my hair. But if I'm not plugged in, even though I own that dryer... It's not working for me because I'm not plugged in. I'm too busy, and I've possibly let my busyness dictate not listening to the Holy Spirit, not praying, not being in the Word, not, and just doing it in my own strength. I find myself living life in my own strength. And this, I've been saved 26 years. That's a long time. I'm still not plugged in all the time. And I have to say, Lord, forgive me. I'm doing this in my own strength. And that's why I'm kind of overwhelmed and weary and falling apart. Let me take a deep breath. Let me get back to my quiet times. Let me plug in and do this, you know, with the Lord. So in our Bible, we have in Matthew three eleven, where it says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So the Holy Spirit, we're, when we're saved, we get the Holy Spirit. We get that fire. In John chapter 14, verse 15 through 18, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. For he dwells with you. He will be in you. Then even in John sixteen thirteen, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to guide us. He's our fire. And we have everything we need. 
We have enough time. We have everything. So how do we fan the flame of that, um, of that fire? How do I do that so that I could be equipped to do these things that are our goal for the year? And we really do that by staying in the word um, and by having our quiet times. I know that it's busy. I lived it. I'm still living it. Uh, you know, I know that life gets busy and babies wake us up during the night and we are tired in the morning and we are tired at night. I used to try to pray at night and I'd fall asleep while I was praying. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's not working. Then it did work for a while. I, um, I was homeschooling, so I trained all the kids that directly after, lo- after lunch was quiet time. I really didn't think this would work. I laughed when I read it in a book. But the book said, make them go to their room, even if they don't take naps anymore. Let them color. Let them do puzzles. But let them know they cannot come out of the room. They can unless it's an emergency. They cannot come out of the room. They cannot talk. They can't ask you questions. They need to play quietly. And the ones who need to sleep need to sleep. And I was like, yeah, this is going to work with that two-year-old, you know, who doesn't sleep anymore. <laughs> it really did work. It re- I was so amazed that once I trained them to play in their room, it helped them and it helped me. And it was only 30 minutes, but we started at 10 minutes just to get them ready. So I put them in the room for 10 minutes. And then, then you know, we did 10 minutes for a couple days. Then we did 15. We worked to 30. I can't say that every day it worked. I'd be lying to you um, because things happen, you know, it's, and the devil is right there to trip us up as we're trying to do something good and trying to get quiet time, trying to do things. Um, I'm sure for some of y'all, it's very hectic to get here today. And you're like, no, I'm going. It's the first one. So you persevered and got here, even though that wasn't the easiest thing. Um, we, get, we get tripped up. He doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to read. He doesn't want us to have victory in this. He wants us to be frazzled. And we need to know there's an enemy out there of our soul, our families, and how we raise them, and our children loving the Lord, and how we enjoy our families shows Christ to everybody that sees us. We don't ever have to say a word. That is the testimony. That's our mission field. And there's nothing the devil wants more than to screw that up. So we need to know, okay, these things are going to happen, but I'm going to press through. So there are ways and there are things that help us, but being in the word is what fuels our fire. And we have, um, I was reading something the other day that said, you know, I always say I don't have time to read my Bible. But if I have time to be on Facebook at all, if I have time to read another magazine or to read another book or to watch TV, um, my family has gotten very entrenched in When Calls the Heart. I don't know if any of y'all have seen that. It's Anne of Green Gables bumps right into Laura Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> and then it's a soap opera. All mixed in. And you're like, whoa. Well, everybody, our cable was disconnected because we couldn't afford it. And this is one show we could watch. So we're all sucked in. And so now we're sitting there. We watch one, the next one's about to start. So I'm like, no, we need to all go to bed. No, let's watch one more. So we watch one more. I'm like, oh gosh, y'all, we need to go to bed. Even our, my mother-in-law, Jane's coming over. We've been going to bed at 11.30 at night on a school night. 
because we're sucked in. I'm like, guys, really? Can we turn this off? So if we have time to spend three hours watching When Calls the Heart, and I go in my room, the only redeeming factor that my flesh loves to grab at is, well, they did mention God. I mean, it is a Christian show. They even kneeled down to pray last week, you know. So I'm getting something, you know. And it's the olden days, so it's, you know, moral living as well. So we're gleaning, we're gleaning, you know. But, you know, if you think about it, though, what am I doing during the day? If God is the most important thing in my life, which he should be, then I should be able to give him 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day. And if I can give Facebook time each day or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, and I do those things too, I'll look at them. But if I, we just need to keep it in perspective. If I can give that my time, I can give the Lord my time. I can make the kids stay in the room or I can turn off the TV or whatever. I can find that time to be in the, in the word. Um, in Luke 24 is a story where the two disciples, and most of y'all be familiar with this story, where Jesus has died, the tomb is empty, and now they're walking to Emmaus, and Jesus starts walking next to them, and they don't recognize him. I can't really picture that. Like, how can you not recognize Jesus? I mean, I'm guessing he made himself look different, or he closed their eyes. I mean, he is Jesus, but, but he starts unfolding The guy they don't know, the stranger on the road, starts unfolding all the events that have transpired to his death and his resurrection. He's telling them, didn't he say to you he was going to die and rise from the dead? Didn't he do this? And Luke 24, 32 says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? Oh, sorry. My 30 minutes is up. While he talked to us on the road, um, did our hearts not burn within us as he opened the scriptures? That's amazing. Their hearts were burning in them because Jesus was there with them, unfolding that he was the purpose. His death, his resurrection, their salvation was the purpose of his whole life and why he died and rose from the dead. He's the purpose of our life. He's why we raise our children. He's why we teach them. He's why we work. He's why we homeschool or not homeschool, but he is the reason we live, right? He's what we do. And if we're looking outside grabbing things, we're not living like he's the reason. But if he's the reason I'm cleaning throw up, it's gross. But he's, if he's the reason, um, you know, the other night, and I really hope this doesn't come off as a brag. It's just, I just kicked into gear. But the other night, I wasn't feeling well, and a young mom with her baby was at our house. And her baby had been sick with a stomach bug, but it had been five days. So they came over, and he threw up everywhere. <laughs> so in my flesh, what am I thinking? Now we're all going to be sick. We're all going to start throwing up. We just have like three days. Just start the time clock. Get all the supplies. We're all throwing up. (laughs) Um, But as I sat there, poor little thing, she walks out and she's covered in throw up. And the look on her face is, I've just infected your whole entire family. I would like to lay down and die. (laughs) And I have to say, I was so proud of Lane 
and Amelie, two of my daughters, Lane jumps up, grabs the boy who's full of throw up. She runs and goes to bathe him. And I started cleaning up the throw up and she's just standing there like, I can't believe y'all kicked into gear and helped me instead of fleed. Only the Lord does that. I wanted to flee. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to flee. I didn't even think about it. I, after it was all over, I was like, oh gosh, no one is sick. Nobody's throwing up. Praise God. So, but my point is we do all of that for the Lord. We do all of that to, to glorify him and to show him. And he's in control. We have to trust him for the outcome of what's going on. So their hearts burned in them because they realized that Jesus was the reason for it all. And I want all of us to realize Jesus is why we do what we do, why we parent. We have little, you know, it's our mission field. We have these little bitty people in our house that we are called to disciple and to pour into. And even if it's right now, it's just their basic needs. You're not really having these theological conversations. When they get older, nobody is waking us up in the middle of the night. It's not true. They do have parties, like dance parties and stuff, and they are waking us up in the middle. <laughs> it's not the same, though. Um, but there's more conversations, there, which is great. We're discipling our children even as babies, and we're showing them Christ even as babies, and we're showing our husband Christ as they, they come into the house and we're making the house. And so whatever we're doing, working out the home, working in the home, raising our children, it's all for the Lord, and it's all about him. He's the reason that we do it. The Apostle Paul prayed for Timothy in 2 Timothy, and I wanted y'all to know that I'm praying for y'all for this as well, and this is how... I will, I'll end in two ways. This, so two things, and then I'm done. Ashley, I know we're watching the time. Um, he says, this Apostle Paul saying, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I'm reminded, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of, of my hands, for God gave us a spirit of fear, not of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. I'm praying that for all of y'all. He's given you the fire. He's given you the spirit. You know, um, Psalm 132, verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read that from the book. I made copies of chapter 5 for each of you. If they're not enough, they'll make more. Um, table leaders and... Um, let the other people take them and they'll make more for you. Or if you have the book, it's chapter 5. But on page 131. Let me put on my glasses here. When you get old, you really need these glasses. It's not on 131. I wrote the wrong number. 121? Okay, 121. Psalm 132, 4 and 5. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. The best way to fan our fire, to fan the flame of our fire, is to be in the word and to pray. If we're in awe of him and we know him, he's given us all the power to do what you're doing. So bless you. 
Keep up the good fight. It is worth it. It's fun. <laughs> Gets a little better. Throw up is always gross, though. And, um, and uh, that's just what I want to encourage you in. So thank you all for your time.